Okay, um, hello, 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 uh, it's, uh, Hello! Thanks, Matt. Sorry, yes. I feel like I'm trying to bring the energy here. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can't hear you. <laughs> Are you guys ready to fucking go? Yeah, Woo! yeah, let's bring that pop punk energy to, that's what we've been lacking in here. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh... How how the fuck are we feeling tonight? How we doing, uh, DC? Uh, or sorry, uh, I don't know where we are. Don't don't talk to me about DC. <laughs> it's triggering. Um, you don't need to know why, listener. But um, yeah, you know, you know what it is. Black and yellow, black and yellow. No, it's actually the future is out. The podcast. We are back again. Um and we have a big uh, a big big beefy Dave's double burger of a of a of a show for you tonight. Dave's double whooper. Um yeah, um who do you as a quick aside in the uh the future that is not now but uh will be in the you know in the future and presumably out which of the major fast food chains is going to make it? What's the most fu- future fast food chain? I'd say the most futuristic fast food chain is probably. Hmm. It's a good question. You, do you know? Well, I have. I have. You know, I I probed questions just to indulge my own voice. But in a way, in a way, first. I kind of feel. Uh. I kind of feel like a Shake Shack. Interesting. Because it's like. Can Shake Shack is is sort of manufactured, you know, to not to has sort of like I feel like has won the information war space, you know, because it's like I feel like Shake Shack just sort of burst onto the scene and, and implied how good it was by the fact that like everything it inside a Shake Shack is like gray and 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 sleek looking and it's expensive and uh it's not really that good kind of sucks actually and is expensive and i feel like that's the future in a lot of ways is like something that's like really slickly produced and it's not terrible but it's really not that great and they kind of do a little of everything they've got you've got your milkshake you've got a little one chicken burger uh the double stack the crinkle fries it's just like a little bit of an amalgamation of all of the greats of of the of the heyday of of fast food, but it's not as good as any of them. You know what I mean? Someone explained to me that Shake Shack is just what McDonald's was back in the fifties before it was like you know like rat. Disagree. Meat and shit. I th- I feel like I would give anything to have. I would actually spend a lot of. I would do a lot, pay a lot of money to be able to genuinely. That would rather that would be one of the first things I did with the time machine would go and have like a 1958 McDonald's meal. 
I honestly think it's a toss-up as to whether it'd be insanely delicious or absolutely disgusting. I think yeah, compared a, to now, it's a fair point. I think where the 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 prediction uh, has lo- loses some validity is just because Shake Shack is just like not very prolific compared to like a lot of the other fast foods. Like Shake Shack is like in barely any of the U.S. Whereas like yeah, like Houston just got Shake Shack like two years ago. Why would like Shake Shack? Sh- I it. Why the fuck would Houston support a Shake Shack? I feel Same like reason we supported Dunkin' Donuts because all these people from outside of Houston are moving there. I was gonna say like Houston shit. is like one of the mo- Houston is the is truly the mecca of fast food. Like it's just it is people, a land of plenty. Like I feel like want what they want. When I was there, I felt like Adam in the Garden of Eden, just plucking <laughs> a beautiful fruit. I didn't even know what it was called. Just plucking it off the branch and sinking my teeth into it with juice just spurting out over my chin. You know, and feeling absolute harmony with with my environment. It is in it the is form a of eating a and, Whataburger. And right? extremely cheap compared to the other ones. So much cheap and delicious fast food. Like fast food I didn't even know existed and it was just incredible. Yeah, it's being encroached on. My vote though um is is Taco Bell because I was gonna maybe say yeah, Taco Bell. Because yeah. Taco Bell has been ahead of the curve when it comes to just like to what you were saying, like it is actually dog shit, but has mm-hmm. like managed to make itself but it's like good. No, it's ass. It's ass. Fuck off. What are you talking about? Taco Bell is fucking disgusting, bullshit wow, ass, dude, gross, you're really, bullshit, mm, this but they wrap man. it up in like a patina of like purple color and like Doritos. Like, yeah, that like thing that brand. gets everyone fooled Fuck is purple, purple color. I dude, will say- Taco Bell is shit ass. But no, talk about they rocks. like managed to like really you know keep up with the times. They're on TikTok. They're they like, are on Taco Bell Cantina. Great... They have. They are uh, maybe one of the first fast food companies to like basically branch into like becoming a quasi restaurant where you can get a beer. Yeah, except the um, food is still ass. is this exact same food. It's ass. It's actually pretty good, but um, <laughs> the food is fucking no it's pretty good they literally had like a rat scare like 10 years ago because like they 10 had- years ago oh my god dude are you oh, are we keeping score to 10 years ago chipotle is literally giving people fucking uh, that's true they're giving people salmonella, and but salmonella like three years ago i mean fine who cares man like stop this is like this princess and the pea shit man like you're eating fast food like get real it's del- haven't Go eat a chalupa and tell me it's not delicious. Like, ass. it's not ass. ass. Um, okay, you, you know, you're entitled to your, to your opinion. But I think it's true that, yeah, it is the fast food of the future, for one, because it uh, offers supreme quality. For, one, for two... <laughs> no one they, has ever said Taco Bell has quality. It's the last elitism. word. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're on their head of the curve with the Taco Bell Cantina, where you can have a nice beer. Uh, while having your Taco Bell, they I don't know. I'm not on TikTok, but that wouldn't surprise me. I feel like Wendy's was the first to do like the cheeky postmodern, like, like, hey, check in on your mental health, uh, like Twitter post style thing of like, you know what I mean? Like Wendy's was was like doing epic clapbacks on Twitter first, but I feel like Taco Bell does that now too. And yeah, you know, I think it's also true because like, you know. Latin America, Mexico are sort of the, you know, the West, the United States and Europe are tired, deflated, we're out of energy. I feel like Latin America is sort of the, 
it's the the truly the promise of the third world in the sense of like you know because did you know like in, in the little history lesson like the third world was originally like a sort of term of optimism as in like the first world is like we're we're next in line like we're on our come up that's what the third world meant like first world they were first you know they got to europe did colonialism second world is sort of like eastern europe and you know the places that are now being uh sort of brought brought up to speed in in the immediate periphery and then the third world is like the you know what is now you know the third world is like the places that have yet to have their time on stage like we're coming up next and i think taco bell sort of comes through on that so that's the so that's the you know potentially the future of fast food but what is uh what's the future of al what's the future is al well we're gonna tell you um it's the future it's the seedier sides of the future and the ways in which uh you know the the, the future is now but it's actually not that great and thus it's sort of it's like a, you're getting a little pinch um yeah you know it, this is the podcast where we sort of just take the temp of the sort of uh online techno political surveillance space and uh kind of uh you know cast a jaundiced eye on uh, all the all the goings on there um, you know when you've when you've like gotten a really for any of the vegetarians i'm sorry but if you've ever gotten a really good cut of steak and like all you thought about all day is how great it's going to be to go home and cook that nice cut of steak maybe with a veggie or two and like have a nice steak dinner you go in maybe you put it on the fryer maybe you put it in the oven get it it's got that nice sear on the outside it looks great it looks just mouth-watering and then you put the little temperature thing on it and it says that it's still raw it's kind of the future is out it looks good everything is like looking like it's supposed to but it's half baked. I best. disagree because a great <laughs> steak should be effectively raw on the inside. So again, Mac, you're really, really, your credibility is now below. It's just in the garbage because uh, this two food Jonah takes right the off the shit bat. At, I love bleu or whatever they say in front. Mac France, likes Mac like, likes like Mac, Mac hates Taco Bell and likes a well done steak. All right, I like a I, medium rare let steak. That, let I that will, speak let for this itself. Be, uh, let this be known. Right, I'm not a yeah, barbarian. You're welcome to do damage control, but everyone heard what you said. The listeners, you will be judged accordingly. Um, no, here's the thing. I think check it out. So many. Try to stick with me here. So many movies, you know. Uh, I feel like the 2020s were like a period of of horizon, like this is where the future would really happen, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of, uh, this is like sort of the fertile ground for a lot of science fiction. So I think like in, in a way that is not appreciably true, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we're now living self-consciously in the future. Um, and the future is, is genuinely here. Um, take, you know, the, the electric car thing, all of this, our our faith in these you know sort of techno optimist billionaires and figures who are we're, we're all we're you know going to the stars and going to mars and the moon and and uh you know having sentient robots and all this stuff is like very purposefully uh in the culture um in a way that before that was like oh that stuff's coming but it's not here yet but like how cool would it be when it when it gets here now it's gotten here 
and it's like sort of when you order something um like a package and then you get it and it looks like it's been run over three times by a truck and it's just fucked and broken and then you try to get in touch with customer service and they're like what are you talking about sorry uh that's if it got if you got your package then you got it so go fuck yourself I'll, um, uh, that's I'll, the future is out. That's the future is out. Um, I'll give, I'll give, uh, those, that's a good, I, I like the package metaphor. I'll give one more example and then, uh, and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll quit and move on to the, today's episode. But just for any new folks here, uh, and warning to anyone who may have children on the premises, do not listen to this example. Okay. They're gone. So I think of it like this, and this is a real example from a couple years ago. And we mentioned it before my hometown of Houston, Texas. And this is, I think, it sums it all up. So Houston, Texas, uh, briefly became the first city in all of America to have a sex robot brothel. This is true. You can look it up. Really? Yes. How have we not spoken about this? They had a sex robot brothel. However, it quickly got shot down by the mayor, Sylvester Turner, because it turned out that this sex uh, robot brothel, I'm using quotes, was in reality like a motel that had in all the rooms blow up dolls that you could go and have sex with, but they were being marketed as, you know, sex robots. No AI, no f- special functions, just dolls. It. And uh, I think I the exact words by Sylvester Turner, they had a referendum where they said, We are not going to be the city that d- does this. And they yeah. struck it down. So that, They're like, uh, <laughs> buy gum when we open our sex robot brothel. Those robots will be. They're going to be talking to you about your day. You, damn it! Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, asking you how it's going, fixing you a drink, and then they're going to go. They're going to go freaky deaky style on you. They're going to be reading you height. God damn it! <laughs> I like that. You know. Um. Yeah, you know, if you want to, you know. Yeah, if you want to go nuts on a blow-up doll, like, <laughs> do that. Do that at home. You know, it doesn't know you're taking on a date. You know, don't waste it. Keep your powder dry for when you can actually take a weird silicon robot on a date. Uh, and really blow, knock her socks off with your how good of a conversationalist you are. Um... Wow, interesting, Mac. I'm I'm surprised you hid that from me for so long, um, just for a little one-off. Um, okay, while we're on this CD topic uh, and sort of opening spree, let's just talk about one other thing that just uh, came off the presses today, which is um, the plans of the tier tyrannical monsters in Washington to do two things both of which are pillars of, of freedom and, uh, you know, um, the human experience uh, in, in 2021. Um, one sort of a, a ghost of the other, but they're coming for both, Ghostbuster style. What the fuck am I talking about? So one, the jewel is being banned. Mac, are you hip to this? No? I mean, I don't. Um, I don't smoke a jewel. I'm not. I don't a, smoke I'm not a jewel as, either. As my, my editor at work today. Uh, okay. So, gloriously said, I'm not a quote vape head. Okay, but, fine. Uh, <laughs> but we'll I, get this. I am about freedom. Dateline, Washington D.C., Wall Street Journal, FDA to order jewel e-cigarettes off U.S. market. 
Agency has cleared away for rival Reynolds American Enjoy Holdings to keep selling tobacco-flavored e-cigarettes. Um, the Food and Drug Administration is preparing to order Juul Labs, Inc. to take its e-cigs off the U.S. market, according to people familiar with the matter, says the Wall Street Journal. Um, so this is a decision that was made um, purportedly and is soon to be announced um, that would probably still take ye- uh, you know months to years to be implemented but it looks like you know the little sleek little obelisk of of delight and you know vaporous uh oh my 13 year old cousins are going to be so upset not to have their pacifier anymore yeah well if you recall you know i think the first shoe dropped few years ago when the beloved mango jewel pods uh and all the other flavors in fact there was one real did you ever did you ever smack a cucumber yes the cucumber was so good i have many people close to me who listen to this podcast who were devastated i mean i don't obviously don't smoke anything but like i devastated to hear that like the cucumber and the mango were uh were taken away i will i i you know i was joking i do actually have one point on this and i think it's that you know this was a couple of years ago. There was like the first blow up about the jewel and like all of it was really jewel because like there was, you know, rightfully so a lot of worries about like kids and like teenagers, like smoking these jewel pods. But like the regulation that came in effect, it was depriving was that, children like, of the character building experience of right. smoking cigarettes. Well, I mean, that's, you know, the, I don't know how far we're going to go into this, but it's the case that kids are not smoking cigarettes anymore. Right. Like, Compared to when we were kids, or compared to when our parents. Oh, dude, I'm hanging. I'm hanging out at gas stations, asking kids if I can buy them cigarettes, and they're like, "No, I'm good. I smoke Jewel." Um, No, gone are the days of you know. I'm trying to do the reverse of what. uh, Listen, I, uh, you know, sue me. You can look up the stats. Like vaping is much more safe than cigarettes, and I think that any way you can get people, kids or non kids, to not smoke cigarettes is good. But I think that like a couple years ago, this was, you know, they, they, they first they started with like the mango and the cucumber pods because like, you know, the argument was that like, this is something that's attractive to kids. Side tangent, little is Rick said in any of these like stories that like, if you go to a vape store anywhere, it's all like fucking people our age or older that are like smoking like fucking like lucky charms and like you know cinnamon toast crunch like unicorn pink like people like just gross ass shit so i never got that to begin with but i think that like the argument here is like you know this is more what they fail to realize is that you know these flavors are targeting children but the majority of of adults in this country are children <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's I would be curious. so. There's really no way to target adults. Well, this is unless I mean, you're targeting children. We're joking, but I'm like semi-serious. Where it's like I would be. In, I've never seen this because, like, as many things happen, once they got rid of the, you know, or they made it much more difficult to get the, the, uh, the mango and the cucumber. One after that happened, you just happen to have like a. If you guys remember, there's a huge blow up and like people getting sick. And like some people have attributed that to like what, potentially what? yeah well the what sa- around the same time the all Trump- I saw is that the vaping actually has now been pretty convincingly causally linked to erectile dysfunction. I don't know if you is saw that. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I did not see that because nicotine can have that effect, but apparently vaping in general is like 
I guess it's more nicotine. It's way more nicotine. Yeah. Like you're, it's like it's none of the, or not none, but at least very few relative to cigarettes of the other harmful chemicals, and certainly none of the tar and like combusted plant matter of the actual smoke than you're inhaling. Which so it's way healthier for you in that respect. But you are just getting like pure nicotine vapor straight in. Well, um, you win some, you lose some. You win I mean, some, you lose some. You listen, know, you it's just get, like you can listen. You get a prescription ED medicine now. Yeah, you, <laughs> get, you, you <laughs> just get your blue chew. You should do it. Yeah, it's like a package. You get your blue chew and your jewel. Pods. I do. I mean, I What's do. Wrong? I do worry though. I mean, I do like worry a little bit that this is something that someone said to me earlier today. But like when they restricted the like mango and the cucumber flavors, you did see an uptick on people buying counterfeit shit because like listen. You can still today in New York City, I can go to a, a smoke shop down the street and get, quote, mango jewel pods, but they're from fucking, like, they're not from Jewel. They're from, like, some, like... They're not from our trusted friends and partners at Jewel. Well, they're definitely not looked at by the FDA. And, like, yeah. you happen to get, like, you know, within months, like, a bunch of people getting actually sick. And I think that, you know, you, you, you potentially risk the same thing happening now. It's the same thing with Prohibition or any other number of these type of things that we've done where... People are addicted to nicotine, right? Like this is this is what it is. Like, and you're gonna ban jewels, but people are still going to get them, right? Like, if you're a kid who's like smoking a jewel, like you're still going to get your jewel, whether or not the government like bans it, but you're just gonna get it from a less reputable source. And like that's I, you know, I get the public health arguments for it, but I, you know, I'm gonna. St- stand on my hill and say it like this is probably a bad idea you're gonna get a lot more like counterfeit bullshit stuff if this happens. yeah right. i mean i think i think i think you will always have those counterfeits but i do think the majority of people will just like stop um and it's certainly like the majority of kids coming up who won't be exposed to it just probably will just not do it um i mean i think like all the like anti-smoking stuff has basically worked in the past couple decades um so as much as yeah, as it does sort of tweak tweak my nips to have the government like banning stuff that like you know it's just like especially vaping like I've always sort of maintained that like it's really it doesn't seem to be other than I guess turning your penis off it doesn't really seem to be that bad for you because nicotine in and of itself is not harmful though it is addictive but also like I guess that's sort of me being inconsistent because like it it is fucked up that a company is able to sell a consumer product that is literally addictive. And just like to people who then become, you know, have no choice but to continue buying it at great cost. Um, I guess it's on, just like on how much level. you value people not smoking cigarettes, there, right? Because I mean, there is, is like a direct correlation between like when vapes were introduced and like the reduction of cigarette smoking. And that's nah, not I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, the cigarette smoking, I think, has been trending downward for decades. Like, um, I think it's going away for various reasons. Um. And yeah, you know, it's like a burden on public health, yada, yada, yada. Although there is that little streak in me that's just like fucking let people do shit. Um, if well, they but want at least to. at least they haven't hit cigarettes, right? Right. Wait, what's this? The research behind Biden's plan to reduce nicotine in cigarettes. Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, so also around the same time it's come out um, that the Biden admin is... Uh, has proposed a plan under which the FDA would require the, this is again quoting from the Wall Street Journal, the elimination of nearly all nicotine from cigarettes sold in the U.S. Um, 
which is being hailed as really historic, according to a uh, professor uh, and lead scientist on the project, Dorothy Hatsukami. Show me their goddamn lungs again. You can actually change smoking behavior. Um, It turns out, you know, that people who do smoke cigarettes with like next to no nicotine in them do just like sort of get bored and give up and stop smoking rather than my thought was just like, oh, well, you'll just smoke like way more cigarettes to get your nicotine fix. Apparently, they say that's not what happens. Um, fine. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's an all-out assault. Uh, they're coming, you know, they, they juked us out. They, we thought they were coming for our guns, but really... For a cigarette. They're coming well, for our famously, smoke. Well, famously, the, uh, you know, the Hitler regime, I mean, sorry, the uh, Biden administration, he uh, first <laughs> nice. came after uh, menthol cigarettes, right? I think they had, like, an extra right. tax on menthol cigarettes, was what happened a couple months ago. Um, but now, here, this is, uh, in you know, applying to to all of it. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, we're maybe of different minds of this, but uh, seems seems a little ridiculous to me. It's 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 think, uh, it's Big Brother. It's nanny. It's nanny state nonsense. But um, listen, if I were to smoke a cigarette, which you know, I'm legally obligated to say that I don't. Um, this would this would bother me. This would be pretty annoying. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and as I a think- non-smoker, I uh, but as a former smoker. You know, listen, there's only, there's no two ways about it. Smoking is cool. Um, it just is. Granted, I think not everyone can be cool. Not everyone's supposed to be cool. If the small, I think if it creates a smaller number of smokers, the cool, the coolness of cigarettes will only, smoking will only rise, you know, because the coolness, rather the coolness of smoking will be concentrated in so many fewer people that they're, the the people who remain and continue to smoke will be so cool that uh it's it's unclear like they may they may become extraordinarily powerful so, so I think that's fu- an unintended in the future is out the, the the really cool like high schoolers are the ones that have like managed to get their like uh you know Bitcoin accounts uh, situated so they can like buy their cigarettes from China and like get them mailed in their you know then they're smoking like behind their Subaru and like uh. You know, in the sophomore year, that's how you know they're cool because they've got a, a a bulk order, you know, on a monthly subscription. Yeah, from, they're getting uh, them they're straight from Indonesia, where it's just fifty percent <laughs> nicotine. It's just their cigarettes are wet with nicotine. Um, uh, you know, if you're lucky. Um, so we'll keep an eye on the war on smokers. Um, just uh, also okay, but man, dude. Times are tough. Like it seems like the wrong time to. I know like, it not is a bit of a bad. Nicotine. It does a bad look. I mean, I get, it does seem like, you know, Biden administration is like, how can we lose this election at all costs? <laughs> it's like inflation is at all is pushing ten percent. Like, Gas. At least, at least we have our six five six dollars a gallon. Time to just take away people's <laughs> cigarettes. I mean, granted, only like ten percent of people smoke. Uh, in that's this what they anymore. say. I feel like that's like some uh, that's some real right. uh, you know n- uh, non-response bias type of bullshit that's going on. This there. is actually Biden taking a shot at his former um, his former uh, benefactor Barack Obama. That's, yeah, that's true. Because Obama the Newports. Yeah. <laughs> Newport. Did he? I don't. Did he really smoke Newports, or was that just like some racist shit? I feel like it's racist to think it's racist. 
No, I, I mean, was... bl- Newports are like are marketed to black people and smoked primarily by by African Americans. I thought I um, always there was. I thought I saw an image of green cigarettes in his uh, in his uh, cupboard. I do know that when he was president, he tried to put off the image of him chewing the Nicorette. That was that was definitely a thing. You know, he was on the Nicorette. Right, of course, you gotta be. Um, I would love a Vanity Fair deep dive of, like, uh, Barack Obama's cigarette choices, which I'm sure exists. Um, hmm. Apparently, I'm seeing uh, on Quora.com that he smoked, uh, well, some people are saying Marlboro menthols. Well. Horror.com is also literally just you or me saying something. I so know. I was actually I I, I I I wrote that answer. That was that was my own account who said like the that. Yahoo answers of uh, um 2010s. Yeah. Well, you know, God God bless that it still exists. So we still have that. Um. Okay. Um. So I guess while we're on the topic of consumer products, um, let's maybe talk about um, you know the model by which we we get our precious consumables our little treats um yeah well so i'm referencing a, a an, it's an it's an editorial but that goes into some interesting data um in the financial times in from a couple weeks ago or rather yeah a week 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 or two ago uh, entitled farewell to the servant economy on-demand services might have made people feel wealthy, but now the model is in jeopardy. Um, basically, the upshot is that, you know, the uh, the whole uh, get things delivered to your door from, you know, Chinese food to deodorant to, you know, uh, whiskey to ibuprofen um, to sex robots. Um, well, that's, that's a little bit, that's sort of recession-proof. But everything else... Um, is sort of uh in hot water um in in recent months um for one the stock price of uber lyft just eat takeaway.com which i think owns um grubhub and several other uh um of those uh style services and deliveroo has has fallen precipitously um basically all of these on demand apps uh are are feeling the squeeze of of the rampant inflation that well i don't want to say rampant but the uptick in inflation that's been uh you know dominating the news uh recently um and just like a changing environment uh regulatory environment and uh true yeah i mean these are companies that have all sort of uh sort of been predicated on the notion that like people who have uh are less fortunate than you and thus have to do this type of thing uh don't have a have a lead on a better job will just deliver anything to your door um but um i'll read from the financial times here which says that Now that model is in jeopardy. The big problem is that the money is drying up. A decade of cheap money has given way to high inflation, gloomy growth forecasts, and higher interest rates. Investors are beginning to get nervous about piling money into loss-making companies. Shares in listed companies such as Uber, Lyft, and Deliveroo have dropped sharply. 
Many of the ultra-fast delivery apps are also cutting jobs in an attempt to show investors they are serious about profitability. So they make reference to loss-making companies, which is basically the, 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 the model that has been uh, really popular among a lot of these sort of Uber-adjacent companies and Uber itself, which was that basically they take investor money and use it to artificially depress the price of their service to consumers and make it so that taking an Uber or getting something delivered to your house is cheaper than like the market actually like would have it be in order to get people to use it um, with the promise being that eventually once th- these things have become you know have penetrated um, the 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 sort of consumer market sufficiently, um, they can raise prices and people will be so used to them, they'll be so um, omnipresent that uh, they'll keep paying for it. But that uh, hasn't necessarily materialized for a lot of these companies. Well, that second part has definitely happened though, right? Like, you know, if you're anywhere, like, I think especially in New York, like it's way more, any of the dense places, it's way more obvious, but like here... Uber prices are way more expensive and like delivery prices are way more expensive. And like, you know, especially I think that like during the pandemic, like there was a huge upturn in like delivery stuff. But like now that like there's been less demand, the prices are going up. So like that part of it is definitely true where like they're like, you know, totally trying to like bank on the account that like you know they have these users and the users aren't going to go anywhere but i guess the article is calling to question whether or not they'll actually stay right absolutely um you know just a little thing from the new york post from april um they start off saying five years ago hailing an uber from midtown to the lower east side would cost uh this lady between 13 and 20 dollars for a night out on her favorite Lower East Side watering holes. Today, the same route costs between 35 and 50 bucks each way. Um, Which, to be fair, is like in New York City, like that, the new cost is closer to what you would pay in a yellow cab, right? It's well, like that's closer the to the point. real cost. Like it's just, they exactly. Were in, it's like they were backed by VC money to like, inf- like decrease the cost artificially. To like undercut and essentially uh, destroy the existing... Um, model of yellow cabs which they successfully did to a large extent by basically just like it's like who can hold your head underwater longest and they had like enough money they're like all that vc money was like a fucking snorkel that they could use and while yellow cabs just drowned like they could keep going and now though their snorkel's gone so they have to pull their head up over the water start charging what this shit actually costs and now people are pissed um but it's sort of uh it is what it is um whether or not that means people will continue will just suck up and continue to pay for it or or stop using these services in the same way that they used to is i guess somewhat of an open question but i think yeah i think it's like i mean i think that like the gig economy writ large like is like the the broader term for all these things is like you we were saying this off mic but there's some services that are less like uh i guess like integral than others like you know, if you have to, like, stop delivering, like, a fancy steak to your place because it gets, like, exorbitant fees, like, people are going to easily do that. But it is the case that, like, in a lot of places now, like, at least for transportation, like, with Uber and Lyft, like, they did fill a gap where it's, like, you know, for a lot of reasons, like, there is just, like, 
just shit ass transportation to get to where you need to get to for work or for or like medical things and like it is kind of essential and so it's like they you know even if uber is like exorbitantly more expensive like i think like they've had a little bit of a, a decrease but you know as far as i understand the last couple of quarters of uber and lyft it's like they still have a bunch of riders you know it's like it is you know it's like people the the, the in that s- s- scheme of it, it like the method is working right because they are sort of essential in a lot of places especially in places where there's no subway or whatever it's true right? but like, i think we're only starting to see a bit of a change i mean for one like only recently it was like in the uk it was ruled that like they're they're drivers are employees which is a huge um hamstring to uh their whole business model which is that like these people are just contractors we don't have to guarantee them anything benefits or otherwise um so i think like the model is is under assault um by obviously conditions um the lack of you know raising interest rates like right now like just as we're recording this today you know, there's all articles in the New York Times, Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, all about like, are we looking down the barrel of a recession? Interest rates, I mean, the Federal Reserve just raised interest rates by three quarters of a percent, which is like the, the largest rate hike since the in since like the 90s. Um, huge, which also and, and basically long and short of it, I'm not an expert on this, but um long and short of it is that raising interest rates means contracting the economy which basically if the economy contracts too much and you have a recession um basically means like cooling down the economy basically making people poorer effectively to combat cutting off your arm to get free type of thing from the you know when you're stuck in the fucking ice shaft like the 20 like the you know the yeah the 127 hours situation yeah Yeah, gotta gotta bleed a little bit yeah and like there's also like i mean this is its own conversation the degree to which like the economic orthodoxy of that is like how much that's just how much how ideological that is versus pure just like description of of fact um sort of outside the scope of of this but basically all of that is pinching these this uh thing of you know democratizing laziness as the the app getter um was uh not to be confused with the uh you know the alt-right getter app which was funded by the uh a former trump advisor which is like a it's like a free speech app oh i didn't even know that it's with two t's though oh this is getir getir it looks like a turkish word or something um but also the other thing is like these companies are so big now that they're being regulated because it's just like, okay, Airbnb is basically a hotel company. Uber is a fucking massive ride taxi TLC car company. Ironically, like this is the funniest thing too with Uber is that like you were talking about them like, you know, basically gutting the taxi shit. Like this is a month or two months ago. They actually officially struck a deal with like New York Yellow Cab that like now in the coming months when you order an uh, uber on your uber phone you can get like like next to the uber x or the uber black there's gonna be a yellow cab and it's like you can select a yellow cab like oh, wow. integrated yellow cab interesting yeah, which is kind of funny <laughs> i mean it is funny i mean i hope that means that like yellow cab will get a little life back into it because there's so many people i mean there's like been a huge lots of stories over the past couple of years of people like tlc drivers like fucking killing themselves and going super bankrupt because most 
taxi drivers like go into huge debt to buy them a medallion which is essentially like the thing that lets them be a taxi driver um and is controlled sort of by the government um and then they have to pay it back off um it's essentially like a license to to drive a taxi um and it's it's sort of a, a controlled thing and the the rise of ubers anyone can do it totally made it impossible for a lot of people to pay these off worth knowing the medallion companies are also scheming and oh it's very predatory yeah predatory as hell too but yes absolutely true. yeah um, um but, but to what you were i mean just to say it there's like you, you mentioned uk briefly i think part of the you know the promise of a lot of these like whether it's uber whether it was like doordash promise of a lot of these companies that were getting this vc money in the past was that like like you said like eventually they would like essentially fool people with like the cheap prices to get like market saturation they'd be a monopoly like uber would be the only ride person in town for the country right that's the idea and why they were able to get so much money and the same with doordash is like oh we'll be the only delivery service but the problem is is like now there's other people doing it and also like just like in the uk uh there's been a lot of efforts across different states in the u.s by the ride share companies and by gig share companies to like basically write into law that like they can uh not have to like uh treat their people like employees like their workers and those have come up with like a lot of uh backfire recently so uh in massachusetts like two weeks ago they just like their supreme court just overturned a referendum that would have um put to a vote that like gig share gig economy type of workers uh, would not be considered employees. They'd be considered uh, independent contractors. And the Supreme Court said that that was going to be, that's just, it, it just violated their constitution. And you're starting to see a lot more examples of this now where like the gig companies thought that maybe it'd be really easy for them to sell the idea that like, okay, we're going to have like just like contract work on mass, but like it's actually turning out to be not so simple, which I think is something that even like labor activists did not necessarily see was going to be a thing i think people a lot of people thought that it was like a lost cause but like it's it's actually there's a lot more opposition to that than was previously thought you know yeah um yeah i think they're facing a lot of yeah pushback from like yeah many sides regulatory just pure economic um uh yeah, I mean, I, 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 we'll, we'll see, but I do think it's a bit of a stormy outlook for these companies that, yeah, basically depended on being able to lose money forever until they, uh, were just uh monopolies, like you said, and then it wouldn't matter. But I think they ran out of runway, um, potentially. So we'll see. Um, but an interesting little, little kerplunk. Um, that being said uh should we talk about maybe another another sort of economic um maverick uh of of recent years uh another bit of 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 techno futurism that has uh hit the skids um i guess believe it or not it's it's crypto folks so yeah i mean where do we want to where to start so crypto yeah, go yeah. I was just say I think the because la- we talked about this. I think the last episode we did was with actually it's not with JJ. We did one more after that, but um, I guess it goes to show the timeline of this. But you know, at least when we were speaking with JJ, which was over a month ago, you know, it was maybe the st- 
the start or like sort of the manifestation of like a real scary time, I guess, uh, in the you know Bitcoin and like uh, cryptocurrency world for people investing in it. And since then, it's just become bleak <laughs> as hell. It's only gotten worse, uh, you know. And uh, so I guess like yeah, I mean, you take it away, but but it's uh, you know the the whole you know there's been infinite stories about just like how this is like end times for uh cryptocurrency because uh it's been pretty rough but yeah yeah so without going like all the or doing like a a forensic analysis of 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 what happened this time but cryptocurrency in general has lost huge like billions and billions of dollars of value have been shaved off of all of these major coins bitcoin ethereum have you know bitcoin is now worth it was it was worth a, uh not that long ago i think in the last as of last week it was at its lowest point in right. 18 months that was yes. the big headline from a it's down to around twenty thousand dollars from close to 70 um about a year ago or eight months ago um and with that obviously comes a lot of people having lost a ton of money but also, like, I guess the question is, like, the larger future of, like, cryptocurrency as a sort of revolutionary technological innovation. And um, a lot of people who've been touting it as something that's going to, I guess, change um, people's relationship to to money or uh, the relationship of people to the state um, and uh the way that business is 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 uh transacted and so on um and now you know i think a lot of that is in doubt um and well whether so maybe, whether maybe whether more in that though right because it's like i think that like without the context like you know i feel like it, you know in the in the past it's like every week you hear it's like oh crypto's up or crypto's down this is different right this right. there is something that's like kind of different right here where it's not just it's like down massively it. i mean if you look at like a chart of like i mean bitcoin is sort of the bellwether because it's like it's the it's the primary mover and like most other coins major ones i mean there's like thousands and thousands of of cryptocurrencies all many of which work slightly differently are are sort of generated differently but all sort of function on the same basic premise of like the distributed uh ledger the i.e blockchain sort of the underlying technology um but bitcoin is sort of like you know it's the uh it's 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 the it's the the head goose in in the flock you know um it's down substantially it's lost like 66 percent of its value roughly speaking um and it doesn't it doesn't look like this is going to be something it's going to rebound from very quickly if at all um i just to, to add to i think one thing too that's a little bit different in the past is like there's been ups and downs but uh a lot of people have been equating like the down now to like similar to like a run on the banks in like 2008 or in like even like in the 30s because like you've had certain holders of like I guess intermediaries of Bitcoin, specifically this one company called uh, Celsius, which basically, uh, you know, just stopped allowing people to take out their Bitcoin or take out their cryptocurrency because, which is something that we hadn't necessarily seen before, even the dips and downs, whereas like you literally, if you had money in these places and you're trying to sell, they're like, uh, no. 
and so it's it's literally like a run of the bank right which like we haven't really seen as much in the past and to be fair it's like not that you know a lot of people have not had that happen like if you have your shit but there's been a lot of this type of stuff there's like a lot of concern that this is like you know there's you're gonna end up having nothing to to sell if you yeah i mean and like you know we can get i mean yeah it gets into like what what exactly where is the value in this in the first place at all um and is just is this just like this sort of go-go period where everyone was making money and like the fact that everyone was making money meant that there was more that there was confidence you know and the back it was just sort of and on the back of that confidence more people would get in and push more pump more cash into this market which would just you know raise that raise the tide and thereby everyone's boats but eventually like you know there's nothing that there's nothing solid that uh, any of this is really resting on other than you know this the promise of blockchain technology which you know is something that's been around i mean it was first i think theorized like in the 80s um and has been sort of uh which is you know the decentralized ledgers stuff that we've talked about before on this podcast but um you know i think the the people are are always waiting for or or, i don't know a lot of people are optimistic that there's going to be something to sort of codify the value of of these of bitcoin say or of these cryptocurrencies um by like their wider adoption in um in the sort of regular world or in the made the mainstream economy that's going to sort of lock them in at a certain a certain substantial value when they're like become indispensable and i i don't think that's like i mean we've talked we've been check talking regularly about like el salvador um using like making a bit of a i don't know if you want to call it a gamble or what but trying to sort of mainstream cryptocurrency into its economy into the sort of daily economic lives of of the people of that country many of whom are very poor and and not really working um and you know i i think the point is that the reason that bitcoin and cryptocurrency has been like a big money spinner for a lot of people is that heretofore it's been very unregulated but the more that it becomes like a, a sort of regularized and uh um sort of uh, widely adopted thing the more it will be it, it it needs it is becoming regulated because it's actually having an effect on like the 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 straight the fiat economy um if Bitcoin is so widely adopted and used by people and so many pe- so much money of, of regular people, uh, like retail investors, but also major banks like Goldman Sachs and hedge funds and stuff have, have a stake in this cryptocurrency, it becomes relevant to the actual larger economy in the market uh, if it like takes a fucking header and, and implodes. And I think the fact that like now there's more regulatory interest means that there's not the the whole sort of uh, go go days are not are not you know gonna gonna be able to uh, be extended um, forever. Yeah, I agree with almost all that, especially with like the regulation and like the you know the just the kind of the ridiculousness of the currency side of it. The only thing I think disagree with a bit is just like earlier on when you were speaking, you were saying that like part of the value and like a big driver of like why it bitcoin became as expensive or 
whatever it was, was because of this, like, promise of, like, the technology. The more, like, I've been seeing this is, like, it seems, at least my perspective, is that, like, the technology part of it and, like, the run-up and run-down of, like, the value are, like, very separate, where it's, like, a lot of the shit that's, like, these people, like, speculating and, like, driving the money up and money down, it's, like, to me, is, like, way more in line with just, like, old school finance shit yeah, that we've seen fa- it's over and over again. Yeah, it's, spe- it's speculation. Like you were saying, what's the value? There is no value. And I think if you ask anyone that's being serious about like this, like you cannot like explain these like jumps in volatility with anything value. It's just like, yeah, there. like, I think JJ was saying this when he was talking about the applications of like blockchain with music before where like there's actual real value there, but that's not, there's not, there's not, money in that right it's value in the sense of that it's like something that's useful for creators and shit but this isn't actually profitable that's way different than like the value of bitcoin and all that is literally just like people just like hitting play on their fucking like account which is like very different than it has almost nothing to do with the technology itself and i think that like people like especially in the the press it's like been conflated to some degree, like the actual like degree to which, you know, the currency and DeFi decentralized finance uh, ups and downs have anything to do with like the underlying technology, which you said was like actually, you know, it's been around for a long time conceptually at least. I think that's the only thing I'm kind of, I guess, making a distinction of is that like the technology is like valid and like being used by a lot of people for different things, but like. And, you know, whether or not Bitcoin collapses or becomes, like, the next big thing kind of doesn't matter in that sense. Um, because, like, the th- shit that's driving all this, like, NFT craze and, like, the fucking, like, ups and downs of Bitcoin, it's literally just the same shit that was, like, driving, like, the financial crisis and the fucking, like, Yeah, it's you credit know, default swaps it's just old and school, fucking just, like, collateralized and, like, debt obligations. It's just, like, these fake money instruments that people can pass back and forth at a margin and make tons of money and as long as they can keep you can sell it to someone else then you can fucking get rich and like you're not a sucker to buy a fucking 10 million dollar picture of a monkey if you can sell it to someone else for 12 like in the strict logic of of the market that's a smart fucking play but the thing is it's like no one wants to be caught and you don't want to be the person holding the hot potato you know um yeah it's not that it's not that deep and it's not that hard like like exactly like you're saying like it's just this it's it's much of the same dynamic that underwrote or underpinned the the financial crisis i mean granted we were talking about people's mortgages and the entire housing market is way bigger than cryptocurrency and everyone touched way more people um so it's more substantial and more important and actually did usher in a fucking massive recession um, in a way that crypto hasn't yet by just right. It, I think someone value. someone said this the other day, which is worth considering, is that the entire value of crypto is like one point five trillion, which is a lot of money, but that's less than Apple's like yearly profit. And right? It's so not it's, all it in is America. Like in, it's not. Yeah, it's not actually as big as it seems when you're like listening to the futures hour. Like yeah, tech, I mean it, it I is mean, it's important, but it's yeah. not like it's not the it's not the same as housing or like fucking mortgages or like fucking you know like a if fidelity yeah most people don't use it in the same way that most people 
you know, own a house or know someone who owns a house or in some way connected to the housing market or, or a mortgage or so like on. Like a fish went extinct tomorrow, way bigger deal than like if I, crypto, yes, you know, very like. much so. <laughs> uh, um, but, um, I guess the thing is like, as far as talking about, you know, what's the future, it's like, listen, if there's like a new big thing that comes from blockchain, cause everyone's always saying, oh, it's not, or NFTs. That is anything except just a, a, a just gambling, just speculation. Yeah. Like, show it to me. Like, I want to know what it is. Like, and I will, I will, you know, fine. But I don't see what I don't see it anywhere. Like, yeah, well, I, I mean, we've, saying, I, like, we've, I feel like in multiple episodes now, we've tried to give you examples, and I've said offline. But there's like, there are a lot of people like trying to do interesting things with like basically like decentralized platforms but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the ups and downs of like the financial value of the currencies right like there's a lot of activists i follow who are like trying to like have you know like private communications and like private communities you can already have that's already an existing that's i mean encryption fair, already but exists but this you know? is it's it's fine but you're saying like what are there's like what are some use cases and there are use cases of this like people are trying thinking about how to use like this for like secure communication secure elections secure shipping and transit like there's a lot of things that people are using this technology for that's like not you know reduced down to the scale of like a britney spears scam or something you know what i mean like leave britney out of this you (laughs) bastard no i agree i mean i'm not saying that there are no other uses i think there are and people are are using them every day but my point is just that like it's relatively minor like there are you it's useful like yeah you can do useful stuff using blockchain technology and like but it's like relatively niche stuff and it's one one in a yeah for now but that's what i was i think are like kind of incidentally i was talking one of my the guys i move with in the moving company was saying how he basically lent a bunch of money into this dow um this is complicated but it was like a stable coin thing where it was essentially like he put several thousand dollars into it um and then uh there were a bunch of people who i mean maybe i shouldn't be just riffing off this because i don't know the the intricacies but effectively he put a bunch of money in with a bunch of small small fish um the point being that like they were going to get paid back at like a huge rate like sort of like a a, a crypt- what was what was the thing they were paying into it was a it was a stable coin that needed a bunch of um that sounds like a scam <laughs> well it was like a liquidity thing but uh that needed they were paying into a currency they were paying into a, a coin where you know they needed it needed like x amount of money to get moving to get to be be circulated um and then he was getting essentially a return like and it was effectively the way that a bond works um but on a shorter time frame with more money involved and then because it was it was all worked through a dow like the people who had the most money in the thing like the big the big fish who had put way more money in personally than any of the small people um basically voted with their their tokens in the dow 
that no one could take their money out because if the people who had had put in like a relatively small amount um, were to do so, the value of this coin would collapse. So he's like, I'm still basically owed all this money, but I just can never get it out because the Dow is a... Uh, <laughs> has has spoken on on that matter um which is just i guess yeah you know i don't love the currency side that but i I like it like small like you know community shit i just uh, listen but i guess yeah that's a long way of saying that like you know with the d dow thing which is decentralized uh autonomous organization i just like i i'm not convinced of of how that's you know without going all the way into it like it's new, yeah. I mean, I'm not convinced it's just either, like, but I, I'm saying it's like I, it's I, I would, I'm curious for people to like give it, like give it a go rather than just it's like being not, given a go, you know? Yeah, you know. Like, I, I just, think I think your buddy just like saying, show buying me the money. into a coin is like probably you know not a smart idea, but I think there's a lot of other like. But the DAO is still the same. But the thing is, that you can do there in like, a DAO. Kind of, like, the person who owns the who's who has the most weight to throw around still calls the fucking well, shots. Well, how, how that depends how you organize it, though. You can't just have it where everyone's equal, right? Like, that is, like, there are DAOs that exist like that, where you have one token that's the same for everyone. Like, that, that again, that is just, like, dependent on things that are, like, not about technology. It's about culture and society, right? Like, you can just choose to have everything be the same. My point um, is just, I guess, and, like, before we move on, I guess, I'm just saying, like, all of this stuff there is these technologies that have been quite like that are blockchain related that have been quietly useful to people for a long time um and i think they are useful and like i'm not debating necessarily that but the reason that it's become huge is on the back of cryptocurrency specifically and the on the promise of we're gonna have a currency we're gonna have money that is not connected to a state like there does not have to be the authority of a state of of a fi- of a federal reserve. Some of it, ha- I mean, some of the most. Into- I I think that like I, the only reason I'm cutting you off is because like I think that like that was like the, you know, the really like hard dick libertarian of the early two thousands was that. But like I, you know, it, it, this is important to this is that like literally a couple months ago there was like fucking over a dozen Super Bowl ads that were about crypto firms. Right. I guarantee you those were not marketed towards like libertarian like no, but that's the whole they point. They were marketed towards people who were just like, oh, this is like kind of like banking but modern, you know? And like Perso- that's exactly but, 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 but it, I'm, which is what's so evil what it's, about it's, it. It's like it's not like it's not is like they're That's the it's, precisely it's, it's, my it's point. It's lost its like political edge it was just a money-making scheme like it's like exactly i almost like we've debated that's this why past. it's bad i don't agree with the <laughs> whole like necessarily the like kill the state thing but at least i could appreciate it back in the 2010s where it's like oh you're an anarchist like fucking like sort of thing like okay i disagree with it but at least you have like a place where you're coming from where we got to like up until a couple months ago it lost all of its meaning. It was literally meaningless and just about the money. It's just about right. The and the whole right. point was that it was always about like decentralizing, revolutionizing finance. Meanwhile, it's always completely dependent on like traditional financial institutions. These things have been unless um, unless you're in a place like to give them credit, like if you're in like uh, where was it the uh, car like. Maybe it does work there, right? Because there's no like Central African ones. Republic, yeah, like because they yeah. like in those places, like certainly it, it helps. Could work. I'm like, not saying, but... yeah. I mean, and I think it has always done this is like help money slosh around in places right. that are volatile and and there's and 
if you need to do sketchy business, like it's been good for that. And that's what it is good for. But the point of just like, yeah, the fact that like you're having Super Bowl commercials with like Spike Lee wearing like a, a, a Matthew Lesko style money, money suit, just t- trying to, and Matt Damon. The, the Matt Damon was great. It's I, terrible. I, I can't even it's hilarious, it but it's also deeply evil because it's like these celebs are like, get in now. Like, it's free money. What are you doing, idiot? And then how many people put their money in and now it's cratered? And it's just like literally just telling people to get in on a fucking, on a, it's a Ponzi scheme. I mean, it's, it's really fucked up, you know? And like, yeah, I'm not saying like I, oh, the underlying technology of the blockchain or whatever is bogus, but like basically the main outgrowth of it has been cryptocurrency, which is largely speaking just been, I mean, it maybe has a kernel of value, but it's gone up a hundred times yeah i think that bigger than its fucking britches and it's destroyed a lot of people and a lot of people's finances created a lot of fucking greenhouse gas it's made it impossible to get fucking uh graphics cards for pc gaming i think Uh, it's just bad news and it's the last i'll say on this but i think the branding of it has been just like so horribly done and like it's almost a hundred percent the fault of the VC funds that were funding these like, you know, quote web three or like crypto firms where it's like this, you know, crypto as like a fucking concept has been like just like so intertwined with like this just like you know, the Matt Damon Super Bowl ads of like of like fucking Coinbase or whatever that like uh it's just been a huge I think a huge disservice to like a lot of people trying to like do cool shit um that has nothing to do with that and like but again the 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 faults of that are literally like the vc funds who just like see the shiny thing and like want to make a you know a a quote revolution out of it rather than have it be what it is which is just like gambling you know like it is it is it is what it is you know it's like sports betting but on your coin of choice you know yeah i mean yeah it's and i just think it's sinister because there's been people who have always known and the whole thing sort of this structurally depends on getting rubes in at the bottom to pump it up you know and to hold and like this whole reddit culture of like hoodle and like oh like it should it should wet your loins though to know that there are definitely like at least thousands of big millionaires who have probably like are coming close to destitution because they're so religiously bought into the idea of Bitcoin. I wonder, they've probably yeah. lost all their money. Like, I, hope I think so. this is I mean, definitely a thing that's happened is a lot of yeah. people have like lost all their, I know a lot of people, but yeah, shit. I think it's everyone who's had money to begin with is going to get out what go like uh, take a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know we'll dude. see. I think it's, I think, I think there's a of, lot of Bitcoin in and Bitcoin out people that who have like that's their whole source of wealth and whole source of decline right well then fucking you know poor poor fools you know i don't know i just think yeah it's it's i think a lot of people knew better and try really try to usher i mean basically shame on matt damon and all these other fucking people cashing these checks just to get idiots to like put their fucking money into it their savings and then just have it all wash out. Um, I don't know. You're right, though. It's it's you know 
it's it's a whole it's a whole can of worms. Um, should we talk about Google now? Yeah, let's um, take a little break and then we'll do it. Okay, cool. As per usual, um, um, thanks, Dalton. Um, what we have for you now is a tale of, of secret depravity, <laughs> elevated antiquity, <laughs> wine, criminality. Gay sex. Um, are you intrigued? <laughs> I am. Um, it is yeah. Pride Month. Um, it's uh, it's Google, folks. <laughs> Where else? Um, yeah, basically, well, we're gonna talk about um, a Google thing in a bit, but also this was something Mac was <laughs> showed me that I hadn't even heard about. But basically, um, like let's to set the stage. Um, there is, you know, Google is a massive enterprise. There's Alphabet, which is like the parent company um, that owns, you know, the Meta. Um, it, it, Alphabet is to Google what Meta is to Facebook. Um, but, um, you know, they're a multi, many tentacled octopus. One, one, one little sub, maybe one little sucker on one little tentacle is the GDS, the Google Developer Studio. Um, which basically makes videos that showcase that sort of advertise the company's technologies. They're doing like internal advertising for the things, the little, the little uh, delights um, and innovations that Google is cooking up on a daily basis. Um, basically, this came out in the Times um, 
cu- couple days ago. Uh, this guy Kevin Lloyd, who uh, was working for uh, for the Google Developer Studio (GDS) um, as a contractor um, and like a video producer, um, basically had this long odyssey. But it basically came out that he was fired after um, raising a bit of a stink internally, and then ultimately going to the press over the fact that um, almost half of the members of the this branch this the google um developer studio were members of like a literal cult um and seemed to be positioned in such a way that they could hire hire members of the cult to fill out this little um office like without basically at their discretion irrespective of their credentials or ability um to do to do the job um and the cult is called uh, the fellowship of the friends, fellowship of which friends. Is great. <laughs> I'm, great I, I, I like how they just settled settled on that. Yeah, honestly, pretty good cult name. Um, there's a lot of fucking. It's a great cult. Honestly, a lot of it is one of the better cults I've come across. Um, in my in my reading, still active too. If you're interested, still go to active. Yeah, of, it's not too friends. late to pop in, and you may well want to after we get done explaining. I mean, so where where, where do you even? I mean, okay, so maybe I'll just say, like... Maybe just give a... What is the Fellowship of Friends? And then we can go into their involvement. I mean, what is the Fellowship of Friends? (laughs) Basically, it's a cult with a base in Oregon House, California, which is in California, not Oregon. Um, And according to the New York Times, they believe in higher consciousness, which can be achieved by embracing fine arts and and culture. Um, They're uh, essentially, you know... uh, a new religious organization, um, which you know uh, fit all of the major descriptors of 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 being a cult, in, in, in to use the pejorative term, but they do some pretty kooky shit. Um, they claim to have around fifteen hundred members uh, worldwide, the majority of whom, or at least a, a plurality of whom, live in a compound in Oregon House, California, which is like north. It's like northeast of san francisco by you know maybe a couple hours drive um uh who claim to be you know however having members all over the world uh in eastern europe asia so on or western europe that is maybe eastern europe who knows um but basically the the gist is members are supposed to tithe 10 percent of their income to the to the organization so you know the biblical sort of tax thing where you give ten percent um and then uh the 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 organization uh itself is run by Robert Earl Burton, who is the founder, and his whole shtick was like basically get this what if um you know human beings we live these limited blinkered lives, but what if we just totally immersed ourselves in uh Western European culture? You know, we're listening to Bach and Mozart. We're 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 gazing on the works of Caravaggio and Rembrandt, and we're also having tons of uh, gay sex. But only me, <laughs> none of you. Only the leader. Only me. So why allegedly wh- hundreds of people? Yeah. Well, they, this is they've been described, I guess, pejoratively as a doomsday cult, which you could say is hyperbole. However. It is like from what we've read, they do have a philosophy that there is like an end time in like their sort of you know their 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 uh their narrative, and in order to sort of be prepared for the end time, 
your method towards enlightenment is to like Jonah said to to absorb as much high culture you know great wine nice violin playing like classical music like the arts like that is the way that you can like make yourself sort of enlightened to be prepared for the end times is how i sort of understand so to quote um and to take it from leader (laughs) right so um you know just to explain um there was a an instance in which uh you know it, it in this cult it's, it's so yes um this guy who was the leader Robert Burton uh Robert or Burton Burton was using all this money to buy like Ming dynasty antiquities and furniture and like priceless you know, artifacts I mean not priceless art, but like you well know, yeah might I, as well be priceless artifacts exactly um uh and all of it was based on you know uh. Yeah, well, and it's and it's sort of like people were sort of um, intimating there's a there's a sort of white supremacist angle to the whole thing because um, it's all about like genuinely just being like a huge like um, just like douchebag for for Western European art and culture like jacking off to marble statue shit. Um, pretty embarrassing. Basically, though, this guy Lloyd was like found out that like everyone he worked with was from this same small town and they were all part of this um part of this cult it seemed like and there was like lots of internal advancement along those lines and basically if you weren't a member of the cult you weren't doing jack shit um and you know he sort of uh, agonized over what to do eventually brought it up to the his superior or a, a confidant within his team who was like, hey, uh, maybe you should just shut the fuck up about this. Um, <laughs> Which is always a good sign. <laughs> and stop fucking everything up. And he was like, okay. Uh, then it turned out he was fired, despite having uh, been recommended for recommendation by, you know, just by the general um, standards of, of Google. Like, he was doing his job very well. He got he got shit canned for no reason. Supposedly, as he puts it to like the person who fired him, like HR had no idea had no, why right. they fired him. Too, yeah, which was a they were like, we don't know bit. why. Do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, no, but I maybe I have an idea I think, actually. Like mm, maybe. So then, yeah, he went to the press. He's currently filing a lawsuit um against google for basically doing this so you can Um, like i mean i think it's if you're you know a a skeptical hippo as some people who listen to this are you can be like oh maybe this guy's just full of shit like sour grapes fair enough maybe he is however there has been like since he's filed this lawsuit people have corroborated that at least it is true that there's a fuck ton of people that are actually involved in the cult in in this studio like that is for sure true like regardless of what else happened that's true which is in itself <laughs> kind of crazy so yeah to read from this guy's medium post um which that's how you know it's serious when when you have a someone still medium using post. medium <laughs> in 2022 um but well for one they used to have a winery that was actually like right. produced really really uh acclaimed wines yeah what's the you had it you had it pulled up like there's a they actually have good reviews they were like, they were there, there was like there. a little a very like douchey a very like uh fifi um uh review of the winery in uh the new york times from 1997 um and i have to say that the winery which used to be called a renaissance and up until it's um essentially um closure in 
2015 after the main vintner left and i guess you know wasn't wasn't working for him uh it was called grant marie um they were putting out you know classic california cabs syrahs merlots um to to uh to great effect i i was looking up (laughs) on the vivino because i wanted to see if i could get a bottle um and if anyone listening to this can get their hands on a bottle of grant marie wine from north yuba um, they have an average rating on Vivino of 4.1 out of 5, um, which is pretty good. Because let me tell you, you know, the average, uh, you know, amateur psalms on uh, Vivino, they can be ruthless. Um, for one, their Grenache Syrah, um, particularly the 2014 vintage, has a 4.2 rating. Um, and, you know, from what I understand, it was a pretty affordable bottle. Um, right around fifteen dollars a bottle. It's not bad, yeah. Pretty if, great. If you all, uh, if anyone here is so inclined, interested in hearing a future is out wine tasting episode, you know, let's know. Yeah, let me just read from um some community reviews. Bright red, purple, big cherry nose, cherry, nutmeg, black pepper flavors. Medium bodied, dry, smooth, and clean with a long finish. My favorite from this winery. Um, another user mentioned cherry compote, a little spicy. Nice wine. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I f- yeah. Nutmeg is like, if you had to have an elite spice that's like, you know, like oh. emblematic of the elite well, nutmeg. Well, when I, if I'm drinking top. California Cab, I need a little baking spice in there, you know? I need a little nutmeg, you know, something, uh, give it a little, a little, a little accent to that tannic backbone. Um, Kevin O'Donnell from November 12th, 2018 said, wish my supply was endless. Ramey, you've done it again. You, you've done it again, you, expen- you impressive bastard. Um, so, you know, the plot only thickens. They were producing some kick-ass wine. But also, yeah, um, they were doing a lot of bad stuff. Um, so I'm trying to basically... Um, there was a... Uh, There was a uh, many many seemingly substantiated accusations of sexual abuse. Um, basically, all of these people, like hundreds of whom lived in this one community um, in Northern California, um, they were all encouraged to give a bunch of money to the founder, who um, would buy like you know Ming antiquities and art, and like their whole thing was like getting together and like watching operas and listening to the violin and like that was supposedly gonna like raise their profile from an eschatological christian perspective so that they could like transcend into the afterlife um by just being like kind of like douchey like villains from like 80s movies kind of like um wearing like you know putting like a canary yellow sweater uh, right it's the sweater for draped sure. <laughs> around your shoulders and just sort of like tutting around but clearly there was also um yeah there was uh, uh a lot of sexual abuse women in the society were considered like lesser um uh members and like had no had very limited autonomy well, as and, I understand, homosexuality was strictly prohibited, was. except there was, like, a big caveat that the leader, like, apparently has been accused of, like, sexually molesting or 
assaulting like hundreds of the men that were there. Yeah. So like, to read from this, uh, <laughs> from read from the um, this guy K. William Lloyd, who was the former Google employee who did who was learning about the cult um, as a means of uh, you know uh, trying to ex- extricate himself from a, a sticky situation in in GDS, although not as sticky as it might have been, as we'll soon find out. Uh, he says the culture and fine wine hid other activities though robert earl burton had reportedly sexually abused dozens of members members have described him grooming and sexually assaulting male followers including minors and described at least one love quote love fest where he tried to have sex with as many as of 100 of his male followers in a single day he settled a lawsuit by a former member for sexual assault and he repeatedly for bade members from having sex outside of marriage. One member described being fined $1,500 for having sex with a woman when they weren't married. Um, I've seen statements alleging that women were forced to undergo abortions when they got pregnant because it wasn't time for children to be on the ark. Homosexual relationships were reportedly forbidden, except for the leaders, of course, and same-sex couples were forced to break up. Men from across the world were reportedly flown into the country on religious visas to visit the compound before learning that sexual favors were an expected part of their stay. Sex trafficking, in other words. Um, End quote. So, yeah, basically this guy uh, opened created like the most low effort cult ever of just like what if i lived in northern california drank a bunch of wine and like listened to uh yeah um concertos from you know franz list and the like and then like flew in a bunch of men from europe to have gay sex with me um and it basically has worked because they're just still rocking um I don't know how though, like there's and then they a, infiltrated there's a, Google. Yeah, yeah, there's a huge like gap in the whole story of how like those people ended up becoming like making the videos for like a new like camera feature on like Google's like Pixel. Well, there phone. is a guy. Like, <laughs> um, there's a okay, so you know, color me surprised. There's a Dutch gentleman at the center of all of this. Um. So, um, yeah, there's uh, Peter Lubbers, a longtime member of the Fellowship of Friends, is currently run, currently runs the Google Developer Studio, so he's like the main guy. And basically the way it works is that Google has like um, em- employees for of Google, but they also have um, people who are essentially contractors who make money or are paid by Google, but they're not entitled to the same rights. And um, within the GD or like the same benefits, um, uh, um, you know, they're not they're not fully vested employees. This guy Lubbers um, has basically worked his way up um, it, w- to the 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 top spot and basically has a massive amount of discretion in who he brings on as um, as these contractors. And has essentially filled the office with people from uh, from this cult who all hail from this one like kind of small town. Um, and yeah, I think it's that's just rise and grind. That's just like <laughs> you know, my whole team, my whole team eats. You know, my whole my hey, at least at least they're looking out for each other. Right? They are looking out for each other. I mean, that's one of the best things about being in a cult. <laughs> um, ideally, 
or as the New York Times article from their uh, their winery review from years ago says, or as some call a quote, or as some, as some call a cult. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so I'll read a, a little bit from this New York Times article just to substantiate what we're talking about a little bit in case anyone's skeptical. So it says, talking about Peter Lubbers, this Dutch freak, at Google, he is a director, a role that is usually a rung below a vice president in Google management and usually receives annual compensation in the high six figures or low seven figures. Previously, Mr. Lubbers worked for the staffing company Kelly Services. M. Catherine Jones, Mr. Lloyd's lawyer, Mr. Lloyd is the guy who was like the whistleblower, won a similar suit against Kelly Services in 2008 on behalf of Lynn Noyes, who claimed that the company had failed to promote her because she was not a member of the fellowship a california court awarded awarded miss noise 6.5 million dollars in damages miss noise said in an interview that mr lubbers was among a large contingent of fellowship members from the netherlands who worked for the company in the late 90s and early 2000s um end quote dutch are just really dutch uh, are yet again at the center of some freaky deaky (laughs) shit um yeah anyway Obviously, there's a lot of weird, freaky cults out there, but it is really funny in in large part that this one that is like the most low effort, just douchey rich guy cult ever is just like well entrenched inside. Like if you watch like a video about like Google's latest uh, lightning charging cable, it was probably made by a guy who was like, yeah, having an just got back from an orgy under like a a Hieronymus Bosch original painting. <laughs> Pretty cool. Very weird stuff. Um, something to keep an eye on. I hope this guy's lawsuit works out. It does sound like he got shit canned for not being a, a, a freaky deaky Dutchman. Um, I feel and- bad for him because it's like the photos have not to like judge him because it seems like he's like doing the best he can, but I can totally see he why looks he like got a bit like, of a nerd. Yeah. It's like, yeah. he just got totally overlooked because he looks like a nerd. Yeah. But, uh, not like he's not like he's not going to be a, a round one draft pick for the for the orgy you know what i mean like if you think of it working like dodgeball teams he's probably not like anyone's first pick but maybe you know i don't know maybe that's not fair um should we continue there's yeah one let's see there's one last piece stuff. of google ish google matters um that we would be remiss if we didn't discuss which is again about um freaky nerds at google uh this time i think a really heartwarming or not heartwarming per se but like i feel for the i feel for the guy um you probably maybe be heard about uh blake lemoyne and the the lambda bot um Mac, do you want to do you want to lay the land out if you can, or yeah, uh, or sure. if you if you've got the your documents in front of you? Yeah, sure. Um, um basically, so this is a couple of weeks out now, but um, this researcher who was working at Google, um, Lambda is basically like it's a it's an advanced chat bot that that Google has. It's still, I guess they would say it was in beta, but it's like in house. But if you've ever used a chat bot. Uh, this is one that's based off of Google's own search results that's, like, very advanced. And uh, they have researchers that, like, will, like, test it um, and, like, s- speak questions to it and it'll respond to them. This one researcher, um, you know, he comes from a religious background. He's a, he's Christian. I think he's Catholic. And um, that'll become interesting later. But basically, like, he was probing this 
AI and in his like questions with it, I forget the exact thing that he came across, but with his uh, queries, it became clear to him from his perspective that this was not just any normal chat bot. This thing was alive. And like he was convinced after speaking to it and the way that it responded to him that this was not just a you know computer, but it had the sentience, like the humanity and like the the sense of awareness of a seven to eight year old child. Um, and, and he, he was, was like, convinced of that. Now I'm interested. <laughs> right? He's like, mm. uh, no, but he uh, he he, you know, like you you probably if anyone listening to this has seen stories of like, you know, when AI becomes conscious or like any of these like movies and stuff. He was he was you know he works at Google and he was convinced that this had breached that barrier and so he went to his superiors and he was telling them like listen we gotta say something blah blah and uh on multiple occasions this is based off of reporting the times and in the washington post uh basically people at google were telling him like uh to different degrees like have you gotten mental health uh checkups like are you okay blah blah and he was like no you're not listening to me like this thing is sentient and like we are basically treating it like a slave by not acknowledging its sentience um and so one thing led to another and the reason why this even became something we're talking about is like he went past google and said to the public that google was basically like uh shielding the sentient ai and after he went public with it google shit canned him and fired him and so now you know that's where we are now where it's like uh he's become sort of this figure but you know i think it's fair to say that pretty much every single you know read up of this has been like as Jonah was saying, kind of like a sad person who was like misinformed because, you know, we'll go into it in a bit more depth, but like for anyone who's unaware, these like, if you've ever used any of these like chatbots, which are available online, uh, they're less advanced than the one Google has, but even some of the ones that are available publicly are like very like convincing of like how human they seem, but in a very fundamental level, like, what they're all doing is just like pattern recognition. So it's like taking whatever it is that you give them as a prompt, say it's a sentence and using like based off of all of the input they have from the internet or from like whatever source they have matching words that tend to correlate with other words. And you'd be surprised how coherent things can seem just off of the raw data that you have to match those words off each other. And that is literally what this lambda bot is doing but it is so advanced just because google is like if you've ever used google it's it's you know an infinite supply of like the the public Yo, if you haven't used google i highly recommend <laughs> yeah it. it's it's way better it's than pretty google. dope way better way but, better uh, than uh but yeah no but anyway it's, it's uh it's you know it's uh it fooled this man who is like not a dummy obviously like it's a senior well this is where I think it comes in, where it's just like, you can be insanely smart. I mean, everyone knows people. Like, intelligence, you know, being smart, being dumb, these things are not as simple as that. And yeah, this guy I don't think is an idiot, but I do think, you know, I think he has a major blind spot, um, I guess, in uh, in in terms of, like, uh, just like 
letting pattern recognition, which is what these things do, which is just like they they don't see or I mean they don't feel and like they don't they don't take your 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 queries into a sort of central um place and and grapple with them and then spit out something based on experience it's just they understand the words that you put put to them as a pattern and then they respond with the most appropriate pattern um that from their scraping of trillions of words off the internet makes the most sense and like i i think which you know, can seem very convincing though right it absolutely like, can i mean it's, it's like, shocking yeah. how how convincing it can seem um but I, I i don't know i mean there's just something there's just something funny about i don't know like getting fooled it's like it's like it's like it's like you know getting watching you know standing in a mirror and watching the figure that you're looking at mimic your reactions and saying holy shit there's someone in there i need to smash through it with a fire axe and get them out it's just like you know this guy clearly is not like a moron but it's just something something broke down i mean not to be too glib or whatever like you know but from what i've read about this like you know, you can look at sort of the, some of the conversations he had, and it's just like if you've ever dicked around with a chatbot, it's just like it's not that profound. Um, and like, yeah, there are profound que- like there are profound questions at at issue here in terms of like, you know, what 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 is intelligence? What is sentience? You know, how do we know when we've created something that is beyond just a you know. A, a a souped up version of a toaster basically you know um where 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 does that line get drawn and like those are interesting questions but i do think that like it seems pretty categorically true that this is not we are nowhere close to you know having a little person stuck inside of a the mechanical turk that is a fucking uh you know lambda chatbot well i think i think yeah i mean i think that i I mean i agree um just because like you were saying this off mic but like we know what goes into these things and we know like why it is what it is and he does too um because he works there but i think it is like interesting the fact that uh you know in a very fundamental level it's like like i remember even like as when you know when i was in in high school like i don't know it was like the iphone 5 or whatever it's like when siri first came out like it was a thing that my friends and i would do is like just like talk to siri and like try to like quote break siri like there is something intrinsically sort of like appealing to the idea of like like there's this like you can there is this like way you can like sort of like unleash the like ai i don't know it's like so intertwined in like pop culture and like sci-fi and all these type of things and you know i think that the religious aspect of it is is interesting like we we might put it in the show links but there's this article that was written by i'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher her name so i won't say it because she's <laughs> irish but um a really good writer in n plus one yeah megan um and basically she she's written a couple things about this and re- even wrote a book on it but she uh you know, comes from a religious background and like turned away from religion. But basically, she, in one of her articles, talks about how 
she was introduced to Ray Kurzweil, who is like a transhumanist. Um, and she makes the argument that like transhumanists who like are very interested in the idea of like living beyond the human body with technology, um, that that is something that's like very uh, intertwined with like Christianity and the idea of like the afterlife. And she makes a good point of it. And the reason why it's interesting is because uh, if you look at like Elon Musk or you look at like Peter Thiel, who owns Palantir, like a lot of these like big Silicon Valley like titans of like thought who like have really like set the groundswell for like how Silicon Valley operates and like tech operates. This idea of like transhumanism, of the idea that we're in a simulation or the idea that like uh, technology is kind of like the the god has really if you think about it has become the standard bearer and what this author is saying is that like that in itself is based off of this is like sort of uh it's like christian ideology that like we've turned away from because you want to seem scientific but then science doesn't like quite scratch that itch that religion scratched and so transhumanism does that and i think that there is it's not random that this person who spoke out at google uh happened to be religious right and happened to be right. christian looking for um, they're looking for yes for meaning and you i know? think Searching that like for meaning. listen i you know more so than you probably because like one i'm a sicko for this shit and like i write about it i listen to like probably an unhealthy amount of these people who truly are like transhumanists and i think there's a point to it where it's like this like sort of idea that like you know we you know we're minutes away from like the ai becoming conscious it's a real it's a real thing that's really palpable amongst people who are like objectively quote smart and i think that it cannot be disconnected from this broader thing that's like this connection with like pseudo religious stuff i don't know if i'm making sense but no it, no no it, i actually it, think it that makes really perfect sense like yeah. i think I'm, I also think there's like a sort of everyone thinks that like the thing that they do and is like the thing that they're most wrapped up in is actually like super duper important and like really, really deep. And like, you know, everything, is, a lot of things are, you know, have you can kind of go very far down any rabbit hole and like there's a lot to learn. But I do think there's like the type of, you know, I guess some type of confirmation bias where you find that like, and especially when it comes to AI, the whole point is that it's like you are, it is a sort of, I don't know, there's a lot of hubris involved of like, we're creating something that is that is capable of thinking like we do. Um, and I think the more that you become immersed in that world, the more you sort of start sort of, uh, yeah, you, you, you getting a little high on your own supply. Um, yeah. Um, and there's one thing of thinking that there's something at rather that you know in 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 creating these because to be clear like the way these things work this chatbot lambda that this guy was like literally like called the police on himself um not like the in in, in from in a career sense was just like i'm i need to go to the higher ups because like we've i've we've created a child and locked them in no, he digital space. It. No, even after he was fired, he like, still he, does, he yeah. still went and like apparently gave an email to all of his staff, being like, "Take care of this." 
Take care of the lambda bot, the, yeah. the child that we've created, the ghost in the shell. Um, yeah, to be clear, it's like you know, this is just like a thing that scrapes <laughs> scrapes digital words off the internet and recognizes patterns and then spits them back because you know anything you can say to a robot, anything you put into a text thing is can be sort of categorized into pre-existing patterns of speech that people take and use because we are all using language like this isn't dadaism like language takes certain forms like there's only so many ways to ask how you are like how are you doing today it's like we all have to sort of take the path of least resistance you know we have to use a certain number of words in a certain format to ask that question and therefore there are certain responses that are like these well-trod paths it's like think about like a deer path through wilderness like through some woods like you know they 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 take a certain number of routes why they are that way who knows but like i mean people certain people could tell you if you're a linguist but those that's just how these things are done that's how these questions these ideas are 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 put across um so patterns are are recognized from that and you know you can that that leaves to any number of possibilities when you're interfacing with something like this and like yeah it can it's probably spooky when you say hey like what are you i'm i'm a chatbot you know and i exist to do this that or the other thing um and this guy ended up kind of freaking out and saying like raising the alarm which and yeah like you said it's a christian thing it's like a it's a desire to think that like we aren't all alone like there is something else out there um, we're not just in this like chaotic world um, with no rhyme or reason attached, you know. And I think that is does tap into like a genuine religious impulse that is that is dry. Like there's no there's no space for religion anymore. Like we are a very secular society, and I think that that has ramifications. Like it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but there's a huge spiritual want in a lot of people i think i will say, yeah i mean i totally agree and and, I, and again i i would agree with the fact that i don't think that's a bad thing but i think it's just different right i think it's you know i'm a, you know come from a religious family but i'm an avid atheist and i think that like there's something lost but it's worth it but you know without sounding like you know you know the risk of sounding like a kook to put the cards on the table, I agree that it's like this is, you know, the specific case is like, yeah, obviously this is a misinterpretation of like a technical type of application. But I do think there's something to be said about the fact that like if you take out of the equation the idea like, oh, this is like sentient the same way that humans are sentient, like was yeah, it's not. It's like it's a it's a machine that we created. I think there is still room for thought you know, for anyone who's ever had a weird encounter of like, oh, this feels odd with like a chatbot or something. Uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast of like, there's been like other rudimentary podcasts or sorry, <laughs> rudimentary chat. There have been other rudimentary yeah, been podcasts. <laughs> no, but there's it's been embarrassing like, for them, but like, sh- like smaller scale, uh, AI chatbots based off of like Reddit, for example, which like famously like within hours turned into just like just horrendously Hitler just like racist, horrible shit. 
They this... must have been going on 4chan. Right. They must have been like, oh, we're on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bind us. But that's like, you know, it's a clear example of like it input, you know, as as all the like, you know, technologists say, it's like uh, shit input in, shit input out, right? Garbage in, garbage out. But in the case of the Lambda thing, right? You know, it's it's similar to the way that like in this movie Deus Ex Machina, which is like uh, based sort of off like a futuristic Google. You're working with all of Google, which in late, you know, Google has I think like ninety percent of like search market share. So in a sense, you're dealing with all of people, right? Like if you're dealing with all of Google search, you're essentially dealing with like everything. And so even if it is not real. It is, you are getting, like, an interpretation of, like, the hive mind of, like, people on the internet. Good, bad, ugly, uh, you know, graceful, ungraceful, honest, dishonest. And we have so much data now that, like, it is kind of, like, a sort of mind of its own. It's, it's not necessarily sentient. It's not necessarily alive. But it is something that's completely unknown to what we've had before. And that's where I'm, like, kind of more willing to go there where i'm like oh like it, you don't have to say it's like alive you don't have to say it's sentient but it is something we've never seen before right because it is sort of this weird like easily accessible manifestation in real time of like our whole society's like brain you know what i mean like it's kind of crazy yeah i mean i guess it's like weird to see yeah we've never had like something that is just um uh, it's like uh taking everything that we put out like it, it, well i guess you know everything that we we the out the 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 output of so many little brains that just gets recorded um in, indelibly on the internet and then there's something that is just scraping all of that and just sort of extruding it out into like a single thing you know it's like taking all of the you know all of the the flesh from hundreds of thousands of cattle uh and just sort of grinding it up into a single sausage and then we now get to look at what that is and i think it's no surprise that oftentimes what it what it returns to us is something not pleasant and that we don't like to look at something very racist in certain respects in this case it's not well this is different yeah i mean it it asks you, but I bet you like if you, you this guy. But this is this is the thing where it's like, depending on what you go fishing for, you're gonna find it. Like this guy was like, "Who are you? What have we done? Like where? What, like tell me about yourself. Like are you?" This is like I bet you, you know. I I wonder what other type of primrose path he could have led this lambda chatbot down. You know, that's if, a f- yeah. That's if he fair. wasn't like yeah. really angling to find a little eight year old child lost and trapped in the internet it's like yeah you could have said like what did the germans do to you and like it could have had a completely different yeah 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 what 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 what, yeah what what was hitler's biggest mistake and it's gonna be like no what was the other one no the other one no the other one it's like okay no Um, you're right though it is i think i mean i'm not obviously not an engineering expert but i think that it's obviously true that like you can prime any of this to to like suit your needs because it is based off of like pre-recorded uh interpretations of responses like that's totally true and 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 like you know again 
I think it's like very clear this person's not like a dick. Like he was, I think he's coming from a good place, but he's no, like he a Christian. Is. Like you know, it's like you have to take that into consideration, though, right? Is that like his place is coming from like a place that's going to necessarily invoke a certain response from this chatbot, right? Which which is like a moralistic type of thing. Yeah, and like. I think there's something to be said for, and like something you already mentioned briefly, this woman, uh, Megan O'Geeblin, who wrote this really long piece that was very extremely long, um, but actually very good um, and interesting, where she talks about her own struggles with um, being like a lapsed Christian and trying to um, reconcile, uh, you know, this sort of deeply felt and deeply felt yearning for some having order having there be some order to the universe um having there be some form of intelligent design i.e we're not just here by pure entropy um with you know the growing sort of phenomenon of transhumanism i.e people trying to transcend our mortal coil our mortal bodies by um getting you know finding the singularity between human beings and uh technology and the internet and so on and sort of in so doing recognizing a sort of uh yeah a sort of um a a place where like those things intersect and where these people who are transhumanists who are trying to transcend uh the body and and in 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 via technology are sort of unwittingly unwittingly perhaps creating like a technological uh uh like re resuscitation of of religion and god in in like you know creating like a secular space for god to reemerge um in in the lives of many people in her own sort of uh uh journey in in uh in experiencing that and and coming <laughs> after sort of forsaking Chris, like christianity and and the religiosity being drawn back to it from like seemingly the opposite most antithesis antithetical means being like pure like hard science um, awkwardly like su- now supposedly a, there is like a growing movement of like fundamentalist christians who embrace transhumanism like as a way to like explain scientifically like creationism which is like it's a whole like (laughs) honestly is very stupid and like you know is is kind of funny i mean there were some things in that piece and like honestly it deserves more time than we can go into so maybe we can talk about it in the future maybe with one of the other things because she's a really great writer um but yeah, I think the upshot is just that people in the in the having abdicated, you know, religion, we are want we everyone wants something else. Like we need something more. There needs to be a horizon and like it's not god or religion anymore. So it's got to be something. And um depending <laughs> on the you know what your priors are and what like your your sort of um prejudices are like you you you're gonna you might find yourself 
taking a weird shoots and ladders approach to uh you know something you thought you left behind or something completely new um because everyone needs to think that they're part of something bigger and there's nothing scarier than just being like alone out in the universe um by pure happenstance i mean no one likes the thought of that um so as far as this ai thing goes this poor guy who got fired from google it's like i think he wants he really wanted you know to believe and like you know i don't know i'm not a scientist i don't know how any of this shit really works other than that as far as these little chatbot things go they just they're just you know they're just a mirror you know and I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thought to think that we maybe created something by accident. But I think it's like the sad thing is it's mu- it's a sterile, it's a much more sterile reality. And this poor guy was like, you know, really wanted to believe that there was something uh, transcendent in this rather than just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that in a lot of this, nothing like a lot of this like there's more to be said about like how we think about things than it is about like the just objective nature of what's going on right, right? it's like our interpretation of all of it um very true i mean not to be trite but it's like again it's like it is a mirror it holds a mirror up to us it's like what we see in it is like and in in a funny way it's like when it, when you're when your dog like you know i don't know your a cat is like fighting itself in the mirror you know or gets confused or it's like attacking a bird on tv it's like we want it to be there but it really isn't it's just like our own contrivance john don't tell me my dog doesn't actually dream i'll murder you no she does dream they all dream uh you know she's chasing that big big car you know with (laughs) a bunch of stakes tied to the back um but uh it's just that like yeah yeah do interns dream of electric sheep um yeah i mean yeah it's it's quite philosophical but i i i think my perspective is that the technological alternative is is stare is rather sterile ground like i don't think i don't think we're gonna we're gonna re rediscover god online um you know even though these you know I, and that's not as it's it's, it's not quite as simple as that um certainly per megan's article but i uh i don't think that's like the loophole is that like oh christianity actually meant that uh once we get once we sort of can replicate intelligence via you know predictive algorithms that we're then gonna have uh, have 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 a have a shot at I don't know, creating God again on earth, like re- resurrecting him as if we, as, as Christ like returned. Yeah. I tend um, to agree. I think that I'm like, you know, it's like I've always been really interested in the idea of like, like I'm one of those like octopus nerds where it's like, I find that super interesting. Cause it's like, they're super intelligent. And the more we learn about them, they've like, they're intelligent in ways that are like totally incomprehensible to like human evolution. And like, uh, in that sense, it's like so many, pretty much all of like the Silicon Valley engineers who are like working on artificial intelligence. Um, a lot of them really do believe in the idea of like making intelligence that's like sort of 
following like or mimicking what the human brain does like to mimic human intelligence which is fine but i think that there's a broader question of like when we do find something that's like intelligent like to limit it to just like what is like reminiscent of us is super limiting right because um who knows what it could be right like i'm sure like i'm i'm one of those fellows that's like you know the biggest letdown of my life is good. Well, oh, that's overstating it, but I'm going to be really bummed out if I die without meeting the aliens. Right. But I'm sure that like, if we ever met the aliens, they're not going to be like us, you know what I mean? And I think like the idea that like the only way to judge intelligence is like in a mirror of us is like kind of silly. Um, Definitely. But I don't know. You know, it's, a, it's just food for thought, but it's all food for thought. Hopefully our brains are not food for the aliens. Um, no, I think uh, maybe we leave it there, but I think this is a thread that we can continue to tug on. And I would like to read more of uh, Megan O. Keeblin's work um, because she's clearly a lot smarter than I am. Um, and I think I have much to learn. And it's also a lot lot to do. Did you say you, you read her book? Yeah, she has a book at... Should we plug it? Yeah, we should plug it. Let's plug uh, this random woman's book who God Human Animal Machine. God Human Animal It's it is really good. It it touches on all of this in a much uh, you know, more coherent fashion than we could do, but she's a she's a great writer. Um yeah, and I think I think uh I will just say that the uh <clears throat> the connection between like, you know, this like techno optimism and like techno utopianism and you know more traditional ideas of religion is like underexplored i think that it's it's a there's a pretty pretty uh a thick line between those two that's pretty interesting but anyway that's my high horse and uh yeah my high horse i left uh you know uh is at the at the uh at the farrier a little bit of a little bit of vocab uh that's the guy who makes uh 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 horseshoes anyway um yeah which means uh you know my horse is so dope that i pay a guy to look after it and i don't even need to be on it to tell you what i think uh, and have you be like, shut up, that's annoying. Um, okay. I think, though, with all that being said, we could, could probably close it. Close yeah. it. Well, folks, uh, thank you for sticking around this long. Uh, if you're going to be around next week, uh, rumor is we might have a special movie episode. So keep your could ears very well be. peeled for that. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to tell you what it's going to be because. No, obviously then not. We're just going to. I may not even. It's not even it. determined. But, um, it could happen um but you know normal jams check us out on twitter check us out on uh you know give us a rating review all that and uh other than that just be be yourselves be cool right agreed hasta la vista baby